Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. The reading for today is from Galatians 3, verses 1 to 6. When I am done, I will say, this is the word of the Lord. Kindly respond by saying, thanks be to God. Verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it was really in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning, um, good morning everyone. It's so glad to see some people here. I haven't seen in months and in weeks. So glad to see us around. And for those that are um, coming for the first, second, third time, we are glad to have you around again. Um, so we started, a, we started a series a couple of weeks ago from the book of Galatians. And we have, um, we have concluded two chapters from the book, chapter 1 and chapter 2. So today we begin chapter 3. And last week, um, Emmanuel Uprich, you know, we learned that we learned how to please God, how to please God, right? that we don't have to work for God's acceptance. We should work from God's acceptance that we have in Christ. And that sermon was impactful for me, um, really impactful, not just because of all the things that Imana said, but particularly because that was the text when I, that was the text that really, really made me realize. I might have been, begun my work with Christ before then, but that was the text that made me realize that I am indeed a Christian. I was indeed a son of God. You know how that text went like, it's right those, those verses 20 to 21, that I have been crucified with Christ. You know, I remember that day in the room, you know, just pouring upon this text. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. You know, Christ did not die for nothing. I remember. And yes, I grew, I grew up in a I grew up in a Christian home. My daddy, Jikin, uh, mommy, uh, you know, without assistant or leader of the women's ministry, is it that one? You know, they pass them. Um, <laughs> so that kind of home, you know. Um, I remember sometimes like Children's Day, I, I preach. I'll preach on Children's Day. You know, let's come and preach. Yeah, so that kind of thing has been that, but I had, I, had, I had not really 
until this point, this is when I knew that I actually I began what it meant for me to be a Christian. So I began to work. And so that someone was very helpful, how to please God. It really touched me. Um, so today I want us to talk about something as, as important as that. And I want us to talk about how, how to begin a business. How to begin a business. How to begin a startup. Yeah, how do you begin? You see, I have, um, I have started many businesses in my life. <laughs> but I have failed at more businesses than I have succeeded at the business I have started. You know, I, I read a lot of stuff all the time. You know, The Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. I read articles from Paul Graham, everything. So I read them. But everything is TV. You know, enter practical, you need a plum. So, <laughs> so, but I knew when, when I started businesses, sometimes, you know, I'll start, I already have my five-year forecast. I already have my team, you know, everybody, bad guy. Then I have my, I will have my mission statements, everything set. But I'll not come out have a solution that I'm offering. I just have everything, but there's no solution that I'm, I'm proposing. Sometimes I would have, we we'll print t-shirts. Everybody on the team, we have websites, everything and it starts. We even have solution, but we'll not have any problem. <laughs> I was trying to say, ah, what are you, I can't, what are you doing, What's, what are you, what mean need are you meeting in society? Ah, but can't you see uh -uh, what we are offering? What are you offering to, who are you offering to? Psychography, all the demography, everything. Uh, cast. So, but there are some times when I'll have everything, you know, everything set, team, forecast, blah, 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 blah. And the reason I remain is capital. So, I now have capital. So, so that I will go and meet investor. So, you meet investor. How many of you, how many of you want to start a business here? Or you have started, you started, how much do you have? <laughs> okay, one day, how much do you have? You want to start? How much do you have? Just some money. Okay, anybody else? You want to start a business? Anybody else? So you know when you're going to meet investors now? And then you okay, blah, blah, blah. You know, especially you're starting small, and your uncle or your auntie, blah, blah, you're going to meet them for money, and they ask you, ah, okay, ah, good, good. I'm really good, glad that you're doing something. You don't want to be relying on us for biscuit money, everything, everything. So it's good. So how much do you have? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Ah, I know you have. That's why I come. You know, so, so then we tell you, okay, you know what? So you don't have. Go and get, once you get, you're looking for 50K, Abby. Go and get, when you get 5K, I will not give you 45. That one needs to pay me. If I, why did I come and meet you? I cannot have 5K. Like, come on, you know, they don't help you. So, but if you don't have anything, you know how most of them look at you now. Like if you don't go, if someone comes to meet and he wants to invest, you look at it and you don't have anything at all. You've been working, you don't have anything. You look person like this one is not, this one is not serious. Like this guy, in your mind, you can be laughing and smiling, but you know that this one is a foolish uh, somebody. It's not a wise person to invest in. But some, I've heard of one VC like that, one investment this thing. So on that board, there are like three bad guys. They know everything, they survey everything, they've been there, done that, done all the, all the things. And so what these guys do is that they, they ask you, they're looking for people that they don't have mission statements, they don't have websites, they don't have t-shirts, they don't have forecasts, they don't have solution, you don't have problem, you don't have any idea. Those are, those are the people that they want to invest in. Like, those are the people they are looking for. But that one, this time, is not me that... Like when I when I hear of that kind of stuff, most of the time I think, now it's not me that is foolish. Oh. <laughs> no, because you don't me that you know the things that failed. That you know some some of yours 
they've asked you to just take care of your brothers and sisters. Your mom will say, let us go out. Take care of the let it happen. They come back. They say, where is, uh, where is Toby? Say, I don't know where Toby went, though. You have failed even those kind of things. They're not telling you that they want to invest this money in you. Yeah, you know, so this person must be, this person does not know what, so this person is probably foolish. But what we're going to see today from the text is that Paul is saying that that is how God starts his business. That's how God starts his business. God is saying that this Christian work, this Christian life, you don't come with any idea, you don't come with any solution, you don't come with any problem. You don't, I, don't, I don't need you to have five-year forecast. I don't need you to have a team. I don't, you don't, nothing. That is how it starts. And we say, is this not foolish? Is this like, why would God do that? And that's why we're considering the topic, the foolishness of God. And we're going to look at it in four parts. We begin, four parts, yes. We begin, four parts, yes. We begin... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we begin by the Spirit. We begin and finish by the Spirit, but we've been, fin- but we've been bewitched. And so we need to believe God. Those are the four parts. We begin by the Spirit. We begin and finish by the Spirit, but we've been bewitched. So we need to believe God. We begin by the Spirit. Verse 3 of our text, look at what it says. It says, Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Oh, you may think this is too hard. You know, but one commentator of Philips, he actually translated, are you so foolish? He said, you dear idiots. Dear idiots. After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? You see, by means of the flesh, that means refers to human nature, human efforts to try to complete this work of Christ, to try to begin or to complete this Christian work. You see, and I read and I listened to a TED talk by A.J. Jacobs. He used to be a writer for Esquire. I don't know if he still writes for Esquire. And what he did to do, the guy does all kinds of stunts. He says his, 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 his work is doing lifestyle experiments. And so in one of these lifestyle experiments, he said, okay, I'm going to obey all the laws in the Bible. All the laws in the Bible. But it's not a Christian. He's a Jew. He's just really, he said, I'm going to obey all the laws. I want to see. He said, why are you doing this? Because of all these fundamentals, they say this is the way you start the work. This is how you leave the Christian work. This is how you start. This is how you say, this is how I want to see what exactly it is. And what did he do? He now got all kinds of Bible versions and everything. Blah, blah, blah. He shall gather at the end of his calculation, addition, and everything, subtraction, multiplication, and all. He said there were 700 laws that he had to follow. And this guy did all sorts of things. He kept his beard, kept his hair, no blade shall come on your head as a Nazarene. He used to wear one kind of robe. He didn't allow one pattern of cloth to mix another pattern of cloth because in Leviticus you say don't wear tunic, I don't wear it. He did that. The, when his wife was on a monthly period, and you see Leviticus said that don't sit on where someone is. His wife intentionally sat everywhere in the house. The guy went to make stool that he'll be sitting on. He was going on one day, one person, one person saw him and said, ah, why are you looking like this? The guy said, I'm trying to practice all the laws in the Bible. And I said, hey, ah, don't you know that I'm an adulterer? And the, the Bible says that you should stone an adulterer to death. He said, eh, so are you not going to stone me? So he now folded some stuff together. He stoned the guy. He even said that he followed, when the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish yet. He even joked that in that year gone, he born twins. I said, ah. So this guy said, he was doing this to show that, you know, in fact, when this, when, this, when this talk and his book was made into a series, in that series, one of the characters said that Bible, he made it an acronym, 
He said the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. So that's what the Bible is about. Basic instructions before leaving earth. But see what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, nope. That's not how you begin. You see, you see this is rhetorical. After beginning by you begin by means of the spirits. By ourselves. Romans 8, Ephesians 2. It says you see, we are dead. You see, by ourselves, we are dead to God's will and word. By ourselves, we are called to Christ and his salvation, deaf to God's voice and promise, devoid of any spiritual life. We need a new life. We need a new beginning. There is no dormant giant that is sleeping inside you that needs to be awakened. That's not what the Christianity is trying to do. There is no dormant giant living in, sleeping in you that when, when there, there, is, there, is a, there is no charming prince beneath your beast. That when a beauty comes and kisses you and, tells, and you're dying and tells you, I love you, then that giant now appears. Say, so no, there is nothing. It's all beastly. Look at what Christ said himself. He said, we begin by the Spirit. John 16, 7 to 11. So what he says? He said, but very truly, Christ is speaking. He said, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, which is the Spirit, will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. What does he come to do? He said, when he comes, he will prove the word to be in the wrong about sin, one. He will prove the word to be wrong about righteousness, two. He will prove to the world to be wrong about judgment, about sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. He comes to convict to underscore our guiltiness. He comes to convince us of our errors. The sin of unbelief. By ourselves, we are hostile to the ways of God. By ourselves. Hostile. We do not want to live the Christian life. You see, the Spirit convicts us of our righteousness. And here, it should probably translate as self-righteousness. You see, by ourselves, when, when the, the Israelites, Jesus was telling to the Pharisees and all those people, you see, they prided themselves and the fact that they frequent the temple regularly, that they follow the laws of Moses to the latter. Oh, they pride themselves in the idea that they know the doctrines of the Bible. You know, some of us, we have grown up in a church home. You are a pastor's kid or you are a missionary kid. You know all the doctrines of the Bible. That does not mean that you have begun by the Spirit. It says, the Spirit, the third one, the Spirit convicts us of the sin of what? Worldly judgments. Carnal, fleshly judgments. Oh, we judge people naturally. The way we are born, the way we are designed, the way we came to this world. We judge by appearance. We judge how people look. We judge how famous they are. We rate them by how rich they are. We rate them by how spray cocoa they are. We rate them by how generous or how much philanthropy they do. You see, the Spirit comes to convict us that God does not look on the outward appearance. God looks on the inward because the art is generationally, the art is constantly deceitful. The spirit comes to convict, to start, change. Oh, when John, Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus in that famous John 3, 16, which most people quote, see what he says? He says Jesus says, from verse 6, he says, flesh, ah, very truly I tell you from verse 5, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Six, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. 
The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of what? The Spirit. This is called regeneration. That's what you know, just called regeneration. You know, very few of us decided, wanted to sit and say, you see, um, um, you know, few of us that is, okay, I'm going to start displeasing God. I'm going to start not to please God. No, very few of us do that. Because, but that's how we've been born. That's how we've grown up. Christian or not. And that is how the world works. The world rates us and treasures by how much effort you put in, how much achievement that you have. Ah, but your life has not really begun ah, if you haven't begun by the Spirit. I mean, the world says all kinds of stuff. The world says things like life begins at 40. Ah, but this life that the Spirit begins does not begin at 40. It does not begin at birth. It does not begin at your naming ceremony. It does not begin at your church dedication. Church dedication. No, it does not begin there. You see, it begins by the Spirit. So have you begun by the Spirit? I'm asking you this morning. Friends, brothers, sisters, have you received the Spirit? Life that begins by means of the flesh is a mirage. It is when you drive on the highway on your way to Bado or to Benin or anywhere. And long, long ahead you can see as a naive driver or as a first-time driver. Yay, there's a bottle of water. There's a bottle of water on the road. But when you get close, what actually happens is the sun reflecting the vapors of water from the sky on the ground. It's a mirage. That is how life, beginning by the place of the flesh, is. Oh, it is like when you sleep alone in the house. There is nobody at home. And you keep hearing that there's somebody inside the house. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Ah, something is coming to look for me. Something is coming to, ah, I cannot sleep with this house alone. And you go out to check out the door. Nobody. Oh, you go back to lie down again. Oh, you come back, you open the door, you go to check out again. Nobody. You check everywhere else, there's nothing. It's a mirage. That is our life that begins by means of the flesh. is a mirage. Life that begins by human effort is a mirage. You see, but some say that we begin, that we may begin without the Spirit, only to receive Him later. Oh, that yes, you may be a Christian, but that does not mean that you have the Holy Spirit. You, it's possible, that's what they say. And many will say that this Oh, how do you know that you've begun? He said it's confirmed by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Oh, as a school, hungry, broke, 200 level. Oh, my goodness. And then that month, the way we have planned to survive is through Freshers Welcome Package. How many of you are familiar with this? If you went to Nigerian school and you, you are from the, you started from the bottom, you understand what I'm saying. So we planned that is. Um, we'll begin this, this, um, this year with Freshers Package. So we knew all the fellowship, all the churches that used to give dope. Some of them are these poor, these uh, wicked, some wicked churches that will give, that will give you water. Okay. Yeah, baptized by all kinds of water. Some will give you a drink. But this one, go for church life. So I went to church, this one, they used to give rice. Some people give this one rice with chicken. Then they will not wrap the cake in someone foil, not put inside bag. Book by everything inside. Ah, that's where I was going. So that week, that was I already had everything on this set on the, on the calendar. And so that was my schedule for that Sunday. So I went there. Service was going, blah, blah, blah. Service was over. Okay, package. Time. So I thought I would give me package. He said, ah, Come, brother. Come, brother. So brought me. I said, ah, This one is special. Maybe we won't eat first. Then they will not give us takeaway. So I said, No, brother. And I said, um, So um, are you a Christian? I said, ah, 
that's the password. I am a Christian. <laughs> they say, um, so have you received the have you received the Holy Ghost? I said, ah, I think I think so. I think so. I was not really sure. Then I was, my work was not, I've not met Galatians 2. So he said, um, okay, but do you speak in tongues? I said, I don't like to, I don't, I don't do that. So he said, ah, I'm not sure that you are, because you have to speak in tongues for you to know that. I said, okay, so that's how they, that's how they brought me. So we are like together like this in a circle before. But then suddenly, I just saw that, ah, the other people I say, see, you're not part of the world. They now push me to the center. They now surrounded me. Ah, I was not going like this. Oh, my word. They were praying. They started praying with human words, and then they moved to the praying with the tongues of spirits. Let's just say. They were praying over and over, continuous, continuous, continuously. And then once in a while, somebody would come out of the second and come and meet me. You know, when a guy at first, there was one lady now came. Lady now touched my chest. Ah, touched my bosom like this, hold me. You see, he's on your tongue. I know it's on your tongue. Just, just open your mouth. Ah. Nothing was on my tongue. My tongue is dry. I need juice and uh, rice. He said, You will speak. You will only. Over and over again. He says, He said, finally, he said, One hour, two hours. He said, Out of your bellies will come out. Hey! Eventually, I said, okay, Maybe I should just. That's how I just gave them. I gave them what they wanted, though. Say they will give one more. By the time we now finish, food are finished. Hey! Oh, God. But see what Romans 8 says. Romans 8, 9. So Romans is like, Romans 8, 9 says, He who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to God. Hey, see what Jesus told in Nicodemus. He says that, but everyone that is born of the Spirit belongs to the kingdom. There is no consequence. You are a Christian. You have come into the kingdom of Christ because you have the Spirit. Because you've begun by the Spirit already. Look at the second part. He said, we begin and finish by the Spirit. Second part, we begin and finish by the Spirit. You see what he said? He said, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh, by human efforts? He said, are you so foolish? You see, some say, okay, I agree that the Spirit helps us begin, but then we take it up from there. Oh, you see, the Spirit is the fastest, is the fastest athlete on the relay team. So he runs, and he's not... Oh, yeah. Finish up. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has done a lot for me. Now, it's my turn to do a lot for the Holy Spirit. No. We begin, we continue, we finish by the Holy Spirit. You see, investors, who, many investors want to invest in your business. And so that, they, so that at some point, they will hope that you will be self-sufficient. So you can begin to run by yourself on your own money. Or someone that's want to invest in you so that at some point in the future that they can see, they will buy out. Exit strategy. An exit clause. Hey, when the Holy Spirit, oh God, the Holy Spirit has no exit strategy whatsoever. None. Ah, when the Holy Spirit don't, you see, the Holy Spirit, he starts, he continues, and he finishes the work that he begins. You see, when the Spirit regenerates us, it's true. We see ourselves that we don't please God all the time. We know that we do things that we don't want to do. Oh, there's a good in us, but then we find ourselves doing evil. Anytime we want to do this, we find ourselves doing this, but we know. But the Spirit is in us. So it means that it does not completely remove the influence. Look what Galatians 5 
says, we'll see later. He says, he says that for the flesh, verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do whatever you want. But what does the spirit do? Ah, so the spirit goes on the saving work that it began. Oh, the spirit goes on doing the convicting work that it began. Oh, the spirit goes on doing that work, removing from the believer. See, in this believer, whom something that Christ says, something of the world still remains in. The spirit continues doing this work in you. So that even though we continue to stumble because of sin's influence, we also do good works because of the spirit's influence. You see, it is the spirit in Galatians 5, 16, 26. You see, it is the spirit, not the flesh, that produces fruit in us. Ah, you want you try so hard, you've longed so hard to be a loving, a joyful, a kind, a patient, long-suffering person. You say, no, it's not the flesh. You are not going to achieve that by human effort. You're not going to achieve that by yoga and meditation. Yeah, he can do his part. He said, no, but it's the spirit that produces this fruit in us. So the spirit does. You see, you see, and when you even stumble, oh, when you stumble and you feel condemned, it is the spirit that assures you that you are still a child of God. Hey, Romans 8. He comes to testify with your spirit that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You are fumbled, you have stumbled. No, but God is not going to this. God is not going to leave you. Oh, God is not going to forsake you just because you stumbled. His spirit assures us. When you feel the burden of living as a Christian, suffering is too much, the hardship is too hard, and you become doubtful, you ask, what good can God do out of this? What kind of character is God trying to produce out of this? First Thessalonians 1, he says he fills us with joy in trials and tribulation. The Spirit. When you're too weak to pray, when you're too ignorant, you don't know what to say because you're overwhelmed. Hey, what does the Spirit do? The Spirit prays for us. He said, the Spirit, you're so joyful with this. You have got the Spirit. And I want all, everyone to know. Oh, see, the Spirit empowers us to witness. When the Spirit came upon the apostles, he said they were filled with boldness. Ah, to share these that they've received, that have begun by the Spirit. We have begun by the Spirit. You guys can begin by the Spirit too. He said, but the Spirit doesn't stop there. The Spirit not only empowers us to witness, the Spirit empowers us with gifts. Hey, to witness that's, to witness with signs. The Spirit empowers us with gifts to serve one another as we're coming to this kingdom. As we're being born by the Spirit, he empowers us with gifts. He's looking at verse 5 of our text. He says, does God give his Spirit and work miracles? Hey, healings. Oh, servings, helps, administration, wisdom, prophecy. Ah, the Spirit. Let's see what Paul says in verse 4. Paul says, have you experienced so much in vain? Have you experienced all this in vain? Have you experienced all this in vain? The Spirit beginning in you, the Spirit continuing. Have you experienced all this in vain that now you don't want to go by means of the flesh? Right now, you know how to go by means of the flesh, by means of human efforts. Have you experienced this much in vain? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? Brothers and sisters, friends, have you? Look up what says in verse 1. It said, but we've been bewitched. The third part. But we've been bewitched. This is why. We've been bewitched. This is why. Verse 1. 
who has bewitched you? Something is doing us. Something is doing us. Maybe there's probably someone outside the door. Maybe there's probably someone inside the house. Something is doing us. Who has bewitched us? We can't see. You may not be to see the person, but something is inside this house. I know. I know. Who has bewitched you? All this trying is because of bewitchment. Ah, what is this? Is it why? Like, how can you have the spirit with all this that he makes you experience and then you want to use tithing? You want to tithe him, tie him down. You want to tie God to move your life because you tithe. You want to use fasting to get, to get, to, to, to live the Christian life. Oh, you think it's your superior theology. Oh, you think it's because you care more about women than other people around you. Oh, you think it's because you homeschool your kids. You say, no. Have you experienced all this in vain? You've been bewitched by the world. This is how the world operates. And our hearts are so accommodating to the ways of the world. We don't really like the idea of the Spirit running our lives. We don't like the idea of the Spirit beginning and completing. We want to merit it. We want to work for it. We want to achieve it by ourselves. Consider this. If three persons, these three persons on the board, are trying to invest in your business, you, are, you will find yourself in a certain hotel where the elevators are still working. And then you're taking this elevator up. And then these three persons, you, as you, you know, as they saw, they don't have some floor, they joined you inside the elevator. And who are they? They happen to be Bezos, Buffett, and Bill Gates. And I say, 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 so don't worry, don't worry about anything. We don't need any idea from you. We don't need any solution from you. We don't need any forecast. We don't need any, any survey that we got. We don't need anything. We want, we are beginning a business with you. We have the product. We have finished it. It is, we are beginning with you. And then you are telling your friend this story, you say, oh, I made both head to Bezos and Bigay to this thing. So they were just preaching to me. I was saying, mm, you know, nice, nice, nice. He said, what did you say? What did you say? I, I said, I'm not. Hey! You say you have been bewitched. <laughs> ah, no. They have gotten you. I now know that you have, you have gone. I can, I can disfriend somebody because of that kind of thing. And we end our friendship. You see, God is saying, this is not... This is Paul saying, this is more than Bezos, Buffett. This is more than Bill Gates. This is more than whoever, Dangote. This is more than Rotedola. This is more than Jim Abraham. You see what he says? He says, does God, verse 5, does God give you his spirit? Does God give you his spirit? <laughs> his spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 12. Who is this spirit? 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 12. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? Ah! In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. The Spirit is God. The Lord, you see, in 1 Corinthians 3, somebody say, Now the Lord is the Spirit. Powerful. Genesis 1 2. He said the spirit over and over creation. He created the world of spirit. Oh, the spirit knows all this. He said the spirit of Christ will come and he will teach you all things. He knows all things. Ah, someone said tonight. He said, Where shall I go from your spirit? If I go to the heights of this hey, sky, you are there. If I go to the depths of the ground, you are there. If I turn to the left, you are there. if I hide myself, he said, Even if I hide in darkness, he said, Darkness is light to you. The Spirit is omnipotent. The Spirit is omniscient. The Spirit is omnipresent. He's God. He's God. 
Just like Christ the Son is God. Just like God the Father is God. Three persons, one God, one being. And so Paul is asking, so you, have, you, see, you want to employ mere human means when you have God? You want to employ mere human means, dear idiots? You want to employ mere human means when you have God? Why? Why should I leave it to you and your mere human means? I will begin and complete it. Ah, oh, I will start. Is it so God? So what is it? He said, Oh my goodness. He is faithful. Oh, he who has begun to work with you, he is faithful to continue to complete it. But it seems foolish to me. It seems foolish to me. It seems foolish to me. Why would God bank on me? Why would God bank on foolish me? Why would God bank on sinful me? Oh, why we God? Why we God? Why we God? Why we God? Why we God bank on imperfect me? Why we God bank on clueless me? Why we God bank on vapor me, warm me, dust me? Why? Me with all my selfish ideas and ambitions, grandiose plans. Why we God bank on me? Ah, no. God is not banking on you. God is banking on what? On himself. He that keepeth Israel will neither what stumble nor sleep. Oh, behold, the Lord will not hey, make your feet to be moved. Ah, except the Lord builds the house, the builders build but what? In vain. Except the Lord watches over the city, those who watch, watch what? But in vain. Abraham. Abraham. God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you nations. I'm going to give you so much. He says, I'm wondering, you can't give me what I want. You can't give me, he said, I'm wondering, my wife is dead in our body. We're both dead in our bodies. God says, I'm going, to, I'm going to show you that I am. I'm going to confirm that it's true. He said, in those days, when two persons reach an agreement to ensure that nobody will break the oath, oh, they will, they will slaughter some animals, they will slaughter some things, and they will burn it up, and then the person assuring will walk in the midst. Oh, of this burnt sacrifice. What did God do in Genesis 15? He said, God said, not you. By myself, God did this for Abraham and he walked through these bond sacrifices. Oh my goodness. You see, God is banking on himself. Investors may say, okay, you see, this five year, with this five year plan, I, I feel like at this point, so I think that I'm going to make my what? I think it's going to yield. All things being equal. So there is paribus, and it's going to make sense. Though not all my status materialize, but I know at this point, this should probably work. Oh no. God says in Ephesians 1, it says, And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Doing what? Who is a deposit? Who is a deposit doing what? Guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. God is saying, sure, banker, I'll show this by myself. So what do I need to do? This is the four part. What do I need to do? So you need to believe. So we need to believe. What do I need to do? You see, but see what Paul is asking us. He how do I need to receive this prayer? The official one is saying, I haven't believed. Look at verse 2 of our text. Look at verse 5 of our text. Verse 2 says, I would like to learn, verse 2, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Oh, look at verse 5. He said, I'm going to say it again. You don't get this thing. You don't get this thing. We are prone to miss. He says, so again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by what you're believing what you heard? 
But what did we hear? Look at verse 1. He says, before your very eyes. What did we see? He said, before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. This is what we heard. Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. The cross of Christ. He said, when he said portrayed, clearly portrayed. Paul is saying, see, this is the only thing that I want you to hear. This is the only thing that I want you to understand. This is what I want you to believe. He said he was billboarded. It was as though it was placarded. It was advertised. It was like someone will look posterized before you. You know how so look posterized was everywhere. See, this is, we did this so that we know that this is the only thing. This is the only way. There is no means of the flesh. It is only by believing that you begin and that you continue. See? And the fact that Paul specifically mentions the eyes is intriguing. It's intriguing. Is it bewitched? As we considered earlier, in the original Greek term means to cast a spell over, to fascinate in the original sense of holding someone spellbound by an irresistible power, to give someone the evil eye, mm, the evil eye, the evil eye. Oh, you see, the Greeks were accustomed to the idea that a spell could be cast on them by an evil eye, which can lead to misfortune or injury. You see, this eye will walk in a way that a serpent hypnotizes the spray. You see, once the victim looked into the evil eye, a spell is cast. And so what do they do? We see this is believed by 40% of the world population. population. He said, what do, what do people do? What do people in this part of the world have been saying? They use talisman. What do you call amulets? Can you bring up the picture? This is what they do. They place this on their walls. Oh, it has a sign, the image of the evil eye. Look at, look at what looks like the eye. He said, they place it all around their walls to protect them from the evil eye. They billboard this on their walls. Oh, they, they, they advertise this. They placard this in front of them and say, this is what we're going to look at to save us from this impending doom. An impending misfortune. This is it. This is our savior. This is what we planned before us. And so Paul, Paul probably had this in mind. He's saying, it's the cross that you need to look at. No, don't be bewitched. He said, this is a cross that you need to look at. Look at this cross. Look at the message of the cross and believe. Christ, who is also God, died for you. Ah, just believe in him. And you're asking, no, he has done so much. How can I just do that? How can I just put my trust in him? It sounds somehow. It sounds kind of silly. It sounds kind of strange. It sounds kind of foolish. It sounds like Bezos and Bill Gates preaching to me. And I didn't say they want to invest in me. I mean, he said, no, no, it sounds foolish. That can't happen. It's what 1 Corinthians says. 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, for the message of the cross is what? Foolishness. To who? To those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will do what? I will frustrate. Oh, go on from verse 25. What does he say? He says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish Hey, the foolish Galatians. Oh, the foolish Legosians. Oh, God chose the foolish thing of the cross. He chose it. He said, so this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So that no one may boast before him. So that no one may boast in their human effort and their human flesh. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us what? 
wisdom from God that is our righteousness, that is holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You see, I've begun to be bewitched. Just before then, just before this, just before God, before God eats me and made me realize this, I've begun to rest. He had begun exploring Buddhism. I've begun exploring Eastern religions. Name it. I've read. I've read plenty things. Oh, I've missed mysticism and all sorts. Oh, because the cross of Christ was missing in the message that I had growing up all my life from church home, from Christian home, body choice, identity. It was missing. Oh, it was missing. So I've been bewitched. Oh, by these ways, by these human effort ways, by the means of the flesh. But when I found this cross, oh my goodness, how it captivated my soul. Oh, how it spellbound. How I was spellbound by this. Oh, how I was enchanted by this. That God, ah, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit will walk. Ah, they will walk in time. They walk together. The God would appoint. God the Father will appoint. And God the Son will accomplish it on the cross. And the Spirit will apply it to my life from the beginning to the end. How it captivated me. How it enchanted me. There is no other God. There is no system. There is no oppression. There is nothing in this world that offers you this great promise as this. This God. The Christianity. No one. And so you are here. You're thinking, but how does this work? So I believe in him. So what happens? Look at verse 6. He says, and Abraham, just from that, just in Genesis 15. Oh, when God walked to this, just before God walked to this, he said, and Abraham believed God, and it was what? And it was credited to him righteousness. Believe, that's it. He said, when you believe, God is going to look at Christ. He's going to look at Christ, the Son, and say, this guy perfect. Oh, as Olabisi was telling us, oh, as man I preached last Sunday, he look at this Christ perfect. This Christ, this Christ that is holy, this Christ that is all-knowing, all-powerful, he's going to look at his righteousness and say, you are as righteous as him. Ah, he justifies the ungodly. He knows, yes, he knows, he knows that you are still sinful. He knows that you are still wicked. He knows that you are still foolish. You know, you still like fornication and pornography. He says, no, but if you put your faith, if you believe God that he did this, he says you are credited instantly with righteousness. See, this is not for only me, it's for all of us. And for some of us who say, I began, I know that I began by the Spirit. I am certain that I began by the Spirit. I know I've come into the Christian, the kingdom of, of Christ. I've been born of the Spirit. But I, I go back. I stumble. I fall back. Or oh, how do I continue? He says, you, you believe. The Spirit who began is the Spirit who continues to finish. You begin. You continue. How you, 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 you ask yourself, you check yourself. Are you still constantly being enchanted? Are you still constantly being bewitched? By this cross of Christ, does it bring glory from your mouth? Does it bring praise? Is it is it it guarantees us to the praise of his glory? Does it bring praise from your lips, from your heart? Do you rejoice for it? Do you do you just walk past? Oh, when you hear the story of a converted sinner and say, Oh, does it bring you as much joy as it brings the angels in heaven? That you will see it like the first time. Ah, that you that you that you will go back to your Galatians 2 that you will go back to your Philippians 1, that you will go back to your Romans 8, that you will go back to your John 3, 16, that you will go back, oh, you will come every Sunday and yet the gospel, and you will not be tired of it. Oh, and you will not say, I've known it all, that you will constantly be bewitched, be captivated. This is how you walk by the Spirit and not by means of the flesh. This is for all. 
is in I want us to end with this. I want us to all rise and see this to, to know what I'm saying is true. I want us to take this text. Romans 4, verse 23, 25. We're going to say it together. To know that indeed it is credited to us for righteousness if we believe that we begin by the Spirit, that we continue by the Spirit, and that we finish by the Spirit. Look at all Romans 4, 23, 25 together. Are we ready? Are we ready to say it together? It says, let's go. The words it was credited to him we are written not for him alone, but also for us. To whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. It is credited to us, also us. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.